Hello, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast. This is the podcast that features the open, hopefully open-minded musings of two mid-40s curmudgeons. Not this week. Stared at, well, partially 50% open-minded musings of two mid-40s curmudgeons as they stare down the prospect, the reality of their entertainment irrelevance. I am your co-host, Noah Tarno, founder, senior quiz master of the Big Quiz Thing, and this person immediately, right off the bat, declaring his narrow-mindedness. Who is he? I'm Bill Scurry of American Caesar Enterprises, which is your fucking neighbor who's been starting a gut renovation at 7.45 in the morning for the past <laughs> nine months. So, you know, one of the things that's been keeping me sane in... Um, and I'm sure I've mentioned this on the show before, in Pandemic is virtual karaoke. My favorite karaoke host figured out a good virtual system, and she hosts three nights a week, and I've been doing it two or three nights a week for months now and built a whole community around it. And it's really fun. It's really nice. And those of you who know me know I, in normal times, I love karaoke. And sometimes I get paranoid, paranoid. Sometimes I worry that, like, yelling in my bedroom, singing at 1130 at night is rude to my neighbors. And other times I'm like, fuck it. If that's the worst thing I do this week in this world... I have earned it. Yeah, well, my neighbor, so, like, we're trapped indoors, and the thing is to do a gut reno uh, during pandemic. Like, there, yeah. there are certain, you know, like, and he started it after, he definitely started it after all this began. Like, he, Oh, so you are you actually have a neighbor who is doing this? He's been doing it, and the thing is, you know, like... Oh, I, I, so I see, okay. Yeah, I'm finding out that Dutch construction everywhere, in, in all aspects, whether it's road crews, or they're rebuilding overpasses, mm-hmm. or bridges, or they're doing, you know, bicycle cycle lanes and stuff like that, Dutch construction... It looks like... And by the way, Bill lives in, in Amsterdam. When he says Dutch construction, that's what he means. He's not right. referring to people building Dutch ovens. Right. Or so go ahead. Dutch construction also sounds like it could be a, a metaphor for something else. You're right. Uh, no, it, it's almost like the Freelinghuizen uh, uh, Avenue promenade here where you, know, you just, everyone shows up for no-show jobs. Everything creeps along very slowly. You think these guys must get paid by the hour yeah. because nothing... It's like Boston. Yeah, yeah, right. Nothing ever gets done. It creeps along. Uh-huh. I don't know what the fucking deal is. And so the thing is, this guy next door, and the walls between these buildings are very thin. I mean, these these are, you know, 200-year-old buildings in some cases. Do they have to warn you? Because I remember when I, I, I lived in a co-op in New York, like you were doing a reno, you got to post notes on all your neighbor's doors. So they don't have to do that. No, well, because these are freestanding buildings that are next to each other. They're not adjoining. Oh. So technically, even though the, even though you're talking about mere inches between one unit and the next, and the thing is, one morning I woke up, they, they were taking a sledgehammer to a staircase oh, inside, Jesus. and they blasted for about three hours. They were pounding the wall, and I watched oh, the cracks man. spiderweb along the plaster of this. I, I don't own this unit. I'm living in this building. Uh, you know, renting it. And I was watching the plaster start to buckle and bend as they were striking it on the other side, the other building. Oh, my God. So this Literally is- inches? Like you can't walk between your buildings? No, 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 no. They, you can't even put wow. a finger between the buildings. That's how tight they are. And again, this, this is, you know, you talk about Dutch East India Company construction. This is old school stuff in the canal belt of, of Amsterdam. So, uh, you know, like this, this guy clearly knew what he was getting into. They opted to start this gut reno when we're all trapped indoors, when we're working right. at our desk. Like we that- have to work indoors. Doors. That's the thing. It's like someone doing yeah. this at your office. Yeah, and the thing is, wow. they they start construction here at seven. No warning. In the morning. No warning. Like it. That's, it no, no warning that's at all. Bullshit. So it, after about a week or so, they, I see you know they ring our front bell, and the two of them, yes, I yeah. think they're Dutch. Uh, I can't really tell. They just have you know they have accents. They sound like weird European people. For all I know. <laughs> they're all, they, they speak some weird Moon Man language. Some I don't know. Language. Crazy Moon Man yeah. language. They come over and they they have a, a bottle of a bottle of red wine with a little red. Oh, and they have this look on their face. That like, famous Dutch wine, that fine vineyard in uh, in Bruges. Yeah, no, Bruges is in Belgium, but that's that's all right. But oh, damn it, you're right. Yeah. I was uh, Antwerp. No, Antwerp's no, in Belgium too. Belgium. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Uh, uh, what's, Ghent. What's, a, what's Ghent. a Dutch city other than Liège? I don't know. Ghent. I'm asking. Uh, I'm trying what's, here, what, guys. What's, uh, Rotterdam. Rotterdam. Right. Rotterdam wine. Thank yeah, the, you. The, the, I only, knew I'd come up with a non-Amsterdam Dutch city. Only, right, only right. the finest wines. Anyway, so that was supposed to be their. Um, peacemaking gesture and then they can they you know continue to hack into the wall and grind for another fucking five months after that so yeah this is this is i don't get it the complaint about dutch destruction dutch construction cast anyway we we we've wasted enough time so what is the show really about uh we are in our mid-40s and we look at something new and hot and try to make sense of it and give our opinion of it so today's topic this is an interesting one definitely timely in the last few days, I've seen several articles online 
with the same title or roughly the same title like uh, NFTs Explained. Our topic is NFTs, non-fungible tokens. Non meaning not, fungible meaning changeable or interchangeable. And tokens, referring to the early 60s vocal group, The Tokens, best known <laughs> for their hit version of The Lion Sleeps Tonight. Our, our intro song for this episode, yes. As our intro song. So, digital artwork is as old as the internet, basically. You know, you probably the first time you discovered the World Wide Web, you made little shapes and pictures using some very rudimentary process, right? So digital artwork is, is not new. Uh, but here's something relatively new. Selling a work of digital art. And by work of art, I don't just mean a graphic uh, or even a GIF. It could be a game. It could be a compilation of basketball highlights. It could be a uh, the first tweet by Jack Dorsey of Twitter. Something on the internet in digital form being bought or sold. And this has become a topic because lately digital artists with names like Beeple Arc and Fawocious, that is a bad name. A terrible name. Terrible name. These guys, mainly guys, I think, have been raking in the big bucks, selling their digital works uh, in newfangled uh, online marketplaces with names like Rarible, OpenSea, Known Origin, and Nifty Gateway. And they've been selling them for, indeed, big bucks. Uh, the guy who, I don't, I didn't get his name, who first made Nyan Cat, which is a GIF meme you've seen of the cat with the rainbow flying, uh, he sold... A GIF, an original GIF of uh, Nyan Cat for $590,000. Some celebrities have gotten in on this. The musician Grimes made $6 million last month. Uh, our buddy Logan Paul made these custom Pokemon, digital Pokemon cards with his face on them. He sold that for several million dollars. And then the big story the last few weeks is that Christie's, the venerable auction marketplace, sold its first uh, piece of digital art, I believe, uh, the aforementioned Beeple, his real name is Mike Winkleman, it sold a large collage, digital collage he made called Every Days, The First 5,000 Days, which is actually a compilation of digital works he made over many, many years. It sold via Christie's for $69.3 million. 69, Beeple, nice. Yeah, point three, nice. <laughs> You know what a 69.3 is? What do you call that? I'll tell you later. Right. Okay, anyway. Um, <laughs> so that makes people currently the third most valuable living artist. Oh, gosh. Uh, oh, it was Jesus bought by a mysterious Christ. figure known only as Medicovin. Hey, I, I think it's a perfectly fine work of art. I think this guy's clearly talented, but that's beside the point. So you're probably saying, how? How do you sell a digital work of art? How does someone own a digital work of art? There were articles about this Christie's people sale all over the place where you could see the work of art. I got it. You got it. I could take a screenshot of it. I could print it out, make a poster, hang it on my wall. Do I own it? I didn't pay $69.3 million. Well, the truth is people aren't actually buying these works of art. They're not buying the collages. They're not buying the gifs. They're not buying the, the uh, highlight reel of basketball footage, which was actually sold by the NBA. They are buying NFTs, non-fungible tokens. And an NFT basically is just a certificate of ownership saying the version you have of uh, Every Days, of the Highlight Reel, of Nyan Cat, is the genuine, original, special version. Maybe even comes with some perks, like uh, people threw in a digital frame so whoever bought this thing can hang it on the wall, more or less. Um, and these are authenticated, these certificates of authenticity are mined via one of our former topics, blockchain. Uh, now, the most popular cryptocurrency on blockchain is, of course, Bitcoin, but um, NFTs generally use the second most popular digital currency, something called Ether, that is mined, sold, traded, what have you, on the Ethereum blockchain. I still don't entirely understand blockchain, but suffice it to say, it means that these NFTs, the certificates of authenticity, whatever you want to call them, have certain metadata that attests to their authenticity. So when I print out a picture of every days and hang it on the wall, it doesn't have that metadata. It's not part of the blockchain. It cannot be authenticated. Um, this kind of goes back to 
I think this kind of started in 2017 with CryptoKitties, which is a sort of online, I don't know if you call it game, but they released this limited edition of these little cat drawings and users could breed them independently and make new CryptoKitties. And then people were buying and selling them online uh, to the tune of a million dollars all told. That was on Ethereum as well. That was on blockchain as well. Um, I think the easiest way to explain this is like, well, people often explain it like a painting, like the Mona Lisa. Or for our purposes, how about it's like a copy of Action Comics number one, right? Which there are a very limited number of copies of. I could go read Action Comics number one, the first appearance of Superman, right now. I, I, if I went to my parents' house, all my old comics in the basement, I probably have two reprints from the 80s where I could read the story, see the art, read the dialogue. I could probably find a copy online with the original ads. But I do not own one of the 20 or 30 existing real copies that sell for $50,000. I am not Nicolas Cage. Or wait, Nicolas Cage's copy was stolen, right? Or sold, I forget. Yeah, something like that. I think it was stolen and he collected the insurance and then they found it. Anyway, that's beside the point. Um, so yes, you can see this, but you don't own the scarce copy. Now, this is artificial scarcity. They've made them artificial, unlike Action Comics, which is scarce because everyone threw away the zillion of copies that were printed in 1935. Um, so yes, I don't have an authentic copy, even though I can experience its quote-unquote art. Uh, so yes, this is having a moment. One more thing, and it doesn't even have to be scarce uh, that um, NFTs could be used for. The new album by Kings of Leon is uh, available as an NFT. And yes, there theoretically be millions of copies, but you buy it digitally, and if you buy it as an NFT, it is authenticated, therefore you legally have it as opposed to ripping it, and it comes with bonuses and maybe even tickets to a show and tours happen again, stuff like that. So this isn't necessarily a scarcity thing. Now, of course, these high prices make people think we might be in a bubble. That's what Mark Cuban is saying, we're in a bubble. But there's more to it than that. So that is hopefully a useful explanation of NFTs. But Bill, what is your opinion of this phenomenon? I am bracing myself for negativity. Yeah, as well you should. Uh, I'd like to start off first of all with, <laughs> with a quote. I want to read some some jargon, some chatter, some boilerplate off of Metacoven's uh, website that we didn't necessarily go into this at the beginning. Right. But Metacoven is the guy, the mysterious figure who bought every day. Yes, he, this is the sober cave, the buyer. It's a man. We don't know who. I'm yeah. sure it's a man, by the way. I'm sure all these people are talking I think about they've that. established it's yeah. a man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Metacoven is the, the anonymous name of this person who ponied up nearly $70 million for this this uh, 5,000 image triptych, diptych. Why? Right? It was, I, I even think it's a good work of art, but why? Well, Jesus. right, this is the point. All right, so here's Meta... Well, Meta I use that as an investment, but okay. So this guy, Metacoven, runs a site called Metapurse um, <laughs> with another dude named Two, T-W-O-B-A-D-O-R, as in Troubadour, but Tubador. So this, this is, I was looking through Metapurse's site, and here's some copy I found. The Metapurse is a crypto-based fund financed by Metacoven, operated jointly with Tubador. It has been created to actively engage with causes that resonate strongly with us and promote cultural cross-pollination. This engagement will take various forms, including but not limited to acquiring what we believe are pivotal NFTs, seeding or financing projects that bolster these causes, and telling the unique stories that inspire these spends. Now that doesn't mean anything. That is garbage. So what are the the causes are NFTs? This is garbage. This is this is garbage yeah, talk. These are jargon. people who are nearly yeah. illiterate, who are probably uh, somehow managed to become blindingly wealthy because they were software people and or some other higher level of, of learning which allowed them to work crypto. I, I read that Metacoven, yeah, Metacoven just gamed the crypto system early on. Yes. And that's how he, it is. It's shocking he made that much money. It's a, spe it's a specific money. type of intelligence, but, it, you know, it usually, uh, I was going to say, like, sometimes I was going to say you're, not on a, I was going to say on a spectrum, not the spectrum. Like there's, there's some, if you have this, this, this gives you some toehold of, you know, the, look, refer back to our previous episode about blockchain. Like Noah was saying up front, it, it is almost impossible to describe. Not somebody to describe. It's almost impossible for me to describe because I simply yeah. don't understand what any of it's about. And every, that, every time I think I grasp it, there's something that falls out. It, you, and, know. you know, that's kind of the point. So I bring up this word salad of this bunch of bullshit. And I don't know who wrote this. I honestly don't know what, what first year uh, freshman at University of North Carolina wrote this copy. I don't know what the fuck this okay. is supposed to mean. 
You know, everything that... That was you once, wasn't it? it? Was, I wish I went to North yes. Carolina. I would have been a good school. That school still stands. Oh, that's right. You moved down there. You didn't go to school. Right, yeah. Right. It's a good campus. It's really, they have, they have a freaking yeah. observation on campus with like one of those openable ceiling uh, telescope things. That's pretty cool. That's, you want, if you get that, you want that. That's what you want. So uh, this whole phenomenon is ridiculous. So it, it mixes in blockchain, which I've already gone on record by saying it is an it is a, a invention designed to create, invent wealth where there was not wealth before. And it is mostly only available to a very select subsection, subsliver. A, 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 that's, that's been the finance system since probably the Dutch East India Company. Come it has. Now. No, it is. In fact, the, yeah. the, the, the building of a stock market was one of the very first the way you invent wealth. It is. And the, the whole point, the whole point of this, the entire point of this is to obscure it is to inveigle it is to wheedle it is to cajole it is to it is to create a barrier between other people and a lot of money it is to create an entire class of earners if you want to call it earners who just essentially create wealth and nod their heads like those muppets like the the two muppets that from sesame street that that go yep 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 they answer the phone they look at each other and say yes this is worth something and voila, you've created billions of dollars out of thin air. Now, the rest of us don't know what this is. This is, we're never, we're, there's no chance that we're ever, even if we have the, the wherewithal to go set one of our computers to chug day and night to, um, you know, what, what, what do they call it? To develop blockchain? I, I forget what the process is when you set your computer. Mine. To, mine. Mine. Right, thank you. To mine blockchain. There's no way. It would take you 55 years to get to one half Ethereum or something like that. Um, it's just something that you're not, it's not available to you. It, it, it is specifically available to the people who created it and a certain sort of landed class of person in the world economy who has access to this kind of money. So now, I mean, I don't want to just relitigate blockchain again, but I mean, it's despicable. And I think, I think, you know, we should, but that's not the point of this. The point is, it's talking about the collusion, the intermixing of blockchain and the idea now that on top of that, imagine if you'd said to us six months ago, a year ago, I forget, 18 months ago, whenever we talked about blockchain for the first time, Noah, that if somebody started talking about David Hockney or Jeff Koons, the, the speculator system of art of based on these superstars of people who are not creating art so much as they're creating commodities designed to be held in galleries in Dubai or Moscow or some, you know, arrondissement of Paris, you know, some guy's apartment where he's putting one of those gigantic foil sculptures of the air, the, the, the balloons, the balloon animals that Jeff Koons makes. This is honestly, this is the third guy behind Hockney and Koons. This is art. This is art that is, I think is less created like Botticelli's Venus or the girl with the pearl earring. This is... Coons creates things much like that guy Damien Hurst, you know, a shark in formaldehyde or a baseball that's soaked in, a, you know, it's in a, a tube of, um, it's in a tank of saline water and it hangs midway between through the chemical basis, you know, of, of the, the different salinities, you know, whatever. The point is, is that they create these things so that they be speculative, they're, they're speculator pieces. And that was the only way that you could make blockchain worse to me is that it somehow <laughs> would would have factored into this idea that you know again there's you're putting this value on uh, Damien Hirst's shark you know the pill bottles all those fucking paintings and prints that Hirst does or Jeff Koons's um, you know giant foil balloon animals or whatever it is that people are buying they're showing the new museum in Newark or ridiculous things like that so I mean I it, it makes me so angry and upset that. It, it, it is, you know what, it, it's billionaires trading chits with each other. It doesn't rain out. No one, no one benefits from this. It's people handing back and forth. They're just breathing smoke back and forth to each other. And, and all that, you know, what do we, what do we pay for? No, what do we gain out of it? I'll tell you exactly what we gain out of it. And it, it is written plainly in anything I read about this over the last week. What we're, what we're gaining is the fossil fuel cost. What we're gaining is the wow, very, that's a, that, yeah, I was planning to get to that, but yeah. I knew we'd get to well, that. Well, I mean, you, by all means, add to it. 
But the idea that the, in order to generate this blockchain, it requires literally fossil fuels to be burned to pay for server farms, you know, like computing power over acres and hectares of, of computers that are just chugging away mining Bitcoin. Not, not, not to, you know, on top of that, your fucking spectrum, you know, cable company is being held somewhere and that's fine. You know, like you actually get a benefit from that. Some server farm somewhere that you, every time you order from Amazon, you activate some computers that you might actually benefit from. These are just computers, acres and acres and hectares of, you know, denuded rainforest that are being built with server farms that just chug all day, yes. creating I, this wealth that you will never yes. see. And you were paying For, the price I, fossil fuel wise. Yes. I, to, to explain a little more, because it's usually do a bad job of explaining these things, Bill. Um, is uh, for some reason I will never understand Ethereum to mine a block on the Ethereum blockchain takes an insane amount of energy. Uh, I believe the stat I read was um, a month a of, an, of an average EU household is what I saw. Yeah. Uh, in 2018, Ethereum, which I'm sure you hadn't heard of in 2018, used as much energy as the entire nation of Iceland. Yes, one transaction equals more energy than an average U.S. household in a day. And that, the, right, the, the point, I don't know why. The point is that the, that energy is still that, that's non-renewable energy for the most part. Yes, I mean, not that, that non-renewable energy. As that, we all know, renew, that, yeah, renewable energy exists on planet Earth, but for the most part, the amount of power that blockchain requires needs to be done by actual gas-generated turbines, old school, yes, nineteenth-century uh, combustion. Yeah. So that is an issue, and I'm not going to ignore that. I, I, I. I will get to my. I came at this from a very different angle as you, than you. I don't. I disagree that this is mainly just a little playground for the rich, because yeah, I mean the people thing is fine. I mean the people guy strikes me as an artist. I mean art is as old as the hills, right? Sure. And patronage of art is as old as the hills too. Yeah, and you don't have to be a yeah. You have to be a super zillionaire to spend seventy million dollars on a work of art, but. Plenty of people buy small works of art. And of course, if you're talking about an NBA highlight reel or a, a, a fake Pokemon card, uh, collectibles. Like I, I've collected many things in my life, comic books and presidential campaign buttons. I mean, you know, not everyone, but lots of people buy collectibles. It's, it's, it's hardly an obscure ha uh, hobby for the elite. So I don't see the very activity in and of itself as a problem. And I actually find it very interesting as more of... I'm going to take a left turn here. Again, I came at this from a very different angle than you. As more and more of our life in general, human experience becomes uploaded, which was accelerated by the pandemic. You know, why not the concept of collectability? Why not being able to collect something, something that is rare, something that is scarce, something that is special without the actual need to physically have an item? I kind of like that idea. As someone who... I put almost all my books in storage five years ago when I moved to California, and I really don't miss them. I can read plenty of things online. I, I can read things digitally. I can watch things digitally. I don't need DVDs anymore, any of that. Um, why not make the concept of ownership something digital? And you could say that's arbitrary, but all currency is arbitrary. A $1 bill is not worth $1. $5 bill is not worth $5. It's worth that because we say it is. Society collectively gets together and agrees on these things. But we don't so, collect dollar bills for the beauty in, in a dollar bill. You know, well, we collect dollar those, bills no, because those of species currency. Because those are fungible tokens. They are interchangeable. One dollar bill is the same as any other dollar bill. Yes, but my point is ascribing value to something simply because we have a document that gives it value. That's my point, right? That you don't need, I collect the, 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 the oldest presidential campaign button, genuine, I have a lot of remakes, is 1940 FDR button. Actually, you know, sold, traded, given away in an event in 1940, right? Uh, that has its quote-unquote value because most, they made tons of buttons in 1940 and they're probably almost all gone now, right? And it, it's actually existed for 80 years, okay? Uh I don't need to physically have this item that has lived for 80 years. I can have a document saying this item is special. Now, you, again, you could say it's arbitrary, but it's also arbitrary that a $10 bill is worth $10. It's arbitrary that the money I have in my brokerage account is worth what it says on the document. No one ever gave me that money in gold. No one ever gave me that money in bills. It's just I did a service. Someone said, okay, I'll give you this credit. It's credit moving back and forth. So I think as life gets more and more technologically uploaded, to the digital virtual world, 
collectability becomes that next step. Another thing, again, I'm not getting at all the stuff you said because I'm, I'm seeing this differently. Uh, some people say this is great because it democratizes art. You know, these people can buy, despite this people thing, people can bypass the auction houses and the Christie's of the world. And they can just, you know, any jerk off apparently can use one of these marketplaces like OpenSea or Nifty Gateway and upload their digital work, mine their item. You, you showed me that TikTok video of that woman who made $3,000 on a digital artwork. And if they can get it to sell, they can sell it and they can make that money. They say democratizes art, but I don't buy that because there's still... There's, I'm sure there's tons of things up there like YouTube videos that no one watches, no one cares, and no one bids on. It's the very few that have been marketed either smartly or luckily, you know, winning the viral lottery, as we often say, that get that attention, that make the $3,000. It's a good, it's a good point. Yep, yep, yep. Right? So I don't think it democratizes it any more than YouTube has democratized media, which you could say it has, but it also pushes us you know, pushes us down in certain ways. And now artists like me who've never been able to make any money on their digital art can now make money on their digital art. Like this is insane. And I know you're thinking, why would I buy a digital art piece if I could just like copy it online? It's an NFT. So basically it's like certified. Like you have the original piece, kind of like the Mona Lisa, you know, there's a whole bunch of copies of the Mona Lisa, but there's only one Mona Lisa one and they have it. No, Eterno, continue the discussion. Tell me why this is popular. Why are we talking about this right now? I think it's the same reasons I say it's interesting. It's, you know, cryptocurrency is such a novel idea to most people. But when you step back and think about it, again, it makes total sense because a $1 bill is not worth $1. Even diamonds, people say diamonds are valuable, but that's artificial scarcity. You know, yeah, you always true. hear, yep, yep, if yep. De Beers really wanted to, they could, you know, pour diamonds out of an airplane over New York City, right? They, it's artificial scarcity. So all money, all finance, not all, but a lot of it is bullshit. It's because we decide as a collective society. We can still agree on some things, folks. Isn't that nice? Um, so this is the future. Crypto, I think one way or another is the future. And digital collectability, NFTs, I really see this as the future. Yes, I think Mark Cuban is right. This is a bubble. It is going to burst. It can't sustain this mania, these prices right now. But like a lot of bubbles, you know, like the internet in the late 90s, once it bursts, it kind of comes down to earth and it becomes the firmament of society. So uh, I guess, you know, the bubble in the 90s was e-commerce, right? I mean, e-commerce is here to stay. It's the standard now, especially in pandemic. So, yeah, I think why? Because it's what's next and it's what's logical. And it's the way our society has been moving for 25 years. 30 years. Um, also, I think there's a big trend. YouTube does this too, to cut out the middleman, right? So theoretically, if any jerk off can go put their their GIF up there, their uh, digital artwork or their highlight reel or their copy of Jack Dorsey's first tweet, whatever, if you could put it up there and just sell it directly to the consumer, I think people like that idea. They think they're striking a blow against the man. I'm not sure they are, but you know that has appeal. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say that the buyer in this case, I mean, this is sort of off topic. The buyer, look, that woman might have made three grand off of a piece of digital art. And I looked at her resume. Her, her art is great. She's a commercial artist. She, she does a lot of Yeah, she's work. an actual. But that's what people are saying. It's great because she is a working artist and now she can make money. It is. You think it is. is going to give her the time of day? No, no I think. But the problem is you need and you need acreages of $3,000 um, buyers. That's not everybody. The the, Dem the D Democratic Party. Well, she's not going to be able to live off it, but she's going to be able to, you know, get some recognition for her work. This it only. But I'm saying that only the marketplace only exists because you have millionaires who were there to feed it, and millionaires have become a sliver of the population. That's but, true of every market. Well, I know, but that's 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 that doesn't make it well. It doesn't make it good. It's it's just, it's right. a fact of life, you know. I mean, businesses don't start unless there are investors. I mean, all right, all right. Let me except let me, if you're like my business, but right, right, right. Big businesses don't succeed unless there are there are big there are, you know money bags behind them at the very beginning or at the next stage of funding or whatever. See, and big question mark decided to keep you down from the beginning, and that's why you've had a tough yes, go of it big, the entire big, time. Big trivia has really. Uh, <laughs> all right, so you know, I, I would say this is is this no is this popular or is it is it notorious? Uh, is it infamous? Uh, a little of both, uh, huh? 
It is, and it's like I, I it's you know, infamous. rather than famous, more than it's, famous, it's, it's more than famous. It's infamous. It's better than famous. Yeah, infamous. I thought about I thought about this because a lot of the hot takes I saw, and boy, they were hot. Man, I burnt my fingers on these things. Um, the hot the hot takes is that people a lot a lot of what I saw. Granted, I did the reading, but then I also went to Twitter because I kind of was interested in seeing what the hoi polloi were, were saying about it. Also, they also they do it with a fair amount of flourish, flair, and 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 you know cleverness. That's why I would love to see how do people make jokes out of this stuff. So people online were, were talking about it. At least what I was saying, what I was looking for was that dread and resignation. I found plenty of it, uh, which which says that it's got to be there. Like that that this has to be some register of how people are looking at this, you know, and. It alloyed my sense of that I don't think anyone outside of that landed class of crypto tycoons are truly enthusiastic about this. Unless, of course, you are an artist who has something to sell. But, I mean, let's be honest here. Grimes is not exactly Joe Average. King of Leon is not Joe. This guy, Mike Kings of Leon, uh, Mike uh, Mike Beeple guy. You know, these these people, Not he wasn't a billionaire before this, but, but it's like he, you're dealing with it. It is a completely different strata of both commercial artist and then buyer on top of that, that, you know, normal people don't have access to this. You know, like, again, for, for bidding to go up to $3,000 for a simple digital image, and again, it was a very handsome digital image, um, you need someone who has a spare $3,000 to just piss away on something that no one will ever see, no one will but ever... maybe that's how this starts, and then it gets down to the NBA selling highlight reels for five bucks. Or Kings of Leon selling an album for ten. By the way, I, going I th- that's how technology moves. The the rich movers and shakers push it. That I, I think it was uh, yeah, pushing in that direction. It's true. I thought Cuban. I thought Cuban was the guy who had a collection of those clips. And unless I was mistaken for another guy, I thought Cuban had bought a lot of those NBA clips. But it, maybe he did. I start. Oh, I'm not saying that's what the NBA is doing now. But maybe this is how it starts, and then it becomes anyone buys it for five bucks. I don't see how this is different. You know, whoever bought the Mona Lisa from Da Vinci didn't own the wife of that the woman in the Mona Lisa painting whatever her name was that's not how things work you're basically buying a picture you're buying the highlight reel which you could say is stupid because you could piece it together on YouTube in 20 minutes but you know it's also stupid for me to buy a little piece of tin with the word Roosevelt on it all, all right, how, value is arbitrary right how about this this is the other thing i, I this is i'll close with this is that some th- this was the best comment i saw about any of this okay. a twitter user said I, I thought this she said money laundering is so cool nfts cannot be exchanged on a like-for-like basis as each one is unique in contrast to fungible assets like dollars stocks or bars of gold bill uh if you were a younger man now i we can't say the if this existed when you were younger because it just doesn't apply. If you were a younger man right now, if you were, you know, uh, 25 instead of 75, would you have any more affinity toward this? Would you be considering buying an NFT? Because I'm mildly considering it. If you remember, we talked about blockchain. I was thinking about buying some Bitcoin and um, I still do. Uh, and I could see myself buying, you know what? No, I won't do it because of the environmental thing, but that's another story. Um, would you like this any more if you were young now? No, I mean, I would have failed to grasp exactly what is happening on any level at any age. Uh, it's, I mean, I think, and I, I do think that is kind of the point here is to mystify us. I think it is to keep us boxed out of it is to keep us sort of, uh, you know, obscured and and uh you know this is supposed to be made opaque uh you know it is well-designed opacity intended to make normal people i would say avert their eyes because it's you know it's a capitalist mercenary shell game where they invented wealth you know in in pretty much a zero-sum game for the most part i'm not saying that people you know smaller people don't collect three thousand dollars along the way but for the most part this game was designed for fucking um you know uh, uh, Elon Musk to sell one of his rockets or some shit like that. I don't know what the fuck it is that keeps exploding on the pad along the way. But I mean, I I was a coll- I look. I understand the collection obsession because I lived there when I was younger. I was a comic book guy like you. I liquidated my comics, or at least I should say, I divorced the collection of comics from a conception of value pretty early on. I, when we were in the '90s, and there actually was a little bit of a baseball card market with comic books. 
it was hard to divorce the thing and saying, oh, not only do I love Avengers comics, but this one is potentially worth $5 and $5 and so mm-hmm. on. Uh, that so I, that I, was a bubble. Oh, my God. It was a bubble. I mean, like anything else, it was a bubble. And like like this, it's a bubble. The problem, you know, like comic books were allowed to implode and never come back. That, it, you know, not and not, I'm not saying they should have. But that's like what, what happens to a bubble is it, you know, it doesn't just reestablish a smaller bubble. A bubble breaks and, you know, it, it abandons old concepts of value. Because again, comic books were never valuable. And the only reason why there was an investor market is because people like Ron Perlman, the guy who who bought Marvel Comics, he was the Revlon CEO, decided to try to add some of that baseball card mentality. And the reality is, it's like if every single household has a copy of X-Men number one from 1992, it's not rare. There's no way it can be rare. Even if you threw them all out, there would still be a billion copies left over. None of that stuff mattered for comic books. But I did understand... Well, that, that that's the definition of a bubble. Yeah. But the e-commerce bubble of the late 90s is different. It popped and then it, the soap became the foundation of modern commerce. No, it did. And you know, I, I, could, I could put an, another bit of bitterness to this is that the e-commerce bubble of the 90s was the first... Uh, missile sent into the side of print publishing and newspapering. Um, my employment oh, prospects yeah. oh my God. cratered for the first time in 99-2000 when I was looking for a gig in New York for the first time. It never got any better. And I, I mean, that was just a participle of um, the dot-com bubble because publishing became ebbed away. Uh, the money that was available for publications, you know, uh, died and, and papers, you know, papers folded up. And the, the amount of jobs that were on staff uh, were liquidated and more people were doing, you know, less, fewer people were doing more work along the way. So it's like I, I remember that e-commerce bubble and it actually affected me. I had nothing to do with e-commerce, but it, it killed a whole segment of the economy. Unfortunately, one of them was publishing. One of them was news gathering. And, you know, it didn't just... Yeah, but that wasn't e-commerce. That was e-published. That's different, man. Well, but still, I mean, it was it was coincidental. Well, no, I guess it did because yeah. Craigslist killed classified ads. Which exactly. Which... Uh, und- undersung uh, yep, yep. staff of life for newspapers. That know. was it. Yeah. Anyway, so um, yeah, I mean that that's that, that's not necessarily what, what I liked as a kid. But no, I, th- I think it's a matter. of This is just so obscure. I hate this as an adult, mostly because I can't. Under- I'm, I'm looking at the Escher staircase. I honestly don't know what I'm looking at. And if I was a kid, you know, aside from being collected, no, I, I wouldn't have been in any of this. I mean, it, the money is it's just too far out of the gamut. It's too far away to be able to buy into it. And so how are you supposed to look upon this with anything but reproach? I look at it, again, I look at it differently because I think this is inevitable. And I do think it's creative. And I think there's potential for some kind of democratization here, not the arts, not on the fact of giving artists more access to a marketplace, but giving people more access to collectibles for whatever that's worth but that's not we're talking about this we're talking about would i like this if i were young now no because as a young person i was never on the cutting edge of technology i was scared i was intimidated um so that was never me and i would just not i would be frightened of this i mean i i think i have an easier time wrapping my mind around it but i would not be gung-ho for this and yeah this seems more cryptic than a lot of things we look at so i would i might even be more closed-minded to it because I, in some ways I was more close-minded as a kid than now. This information is also encrypted, ensuring the NFT's authenticity and scarcity. In doing so, they fix a difficult problem for digital creators on the internet. How to make your creation scarce and therefore more valuable. Noah, open the hoary tome. Is this a sign of the apocalypse? All right, so here's the big one, right? Okay. Uh, I think the concept isn't, right? Like I say, it's inevitable. Everything's moving online. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe as we all upload our brains into the matrix where that's the apocalypse, there will be no more. On the other hand, that could be the salvation from the degradation of the planet Earth and our physical corporeal corporeal natures. So maybe. But you brought up the issue of this is incredibly energy inefficient and I don't understand why. For some reason, Ethereum runs on some system that we said, you know, the, the, all the energy that Iceland sucks up or U.S. household in a day to upload one work of art, you know, something like that. I don't have no idea why, and I find it disconcerting that I read an article that claimed all this and tried to explain all this from 2018 and said, they're changing things soon, and here we are in 2021, and they haven't changed anything. There was a blog post by Seth Godin, who's a business coach, one of these guys, that I forwarded to you this morning, and he said, NFTs are bad, this is a trap. 
and he said the trap is more and more artists are going to think this is how I get my work out there and this is and, and they're going to spend less time making work and more time selling it right so not only be less work but also then they will suck up all the fossil fuels and we will be stuck paying the cost so not only will it destroy art but these people think well they'll have to do it and it'll just be even worse for the environment giving no value you know at least when amazon server farms give us some value right at least flying somewhere gives you value theoretically but this gives people no ultimate value other than the bullshit and the hype you talked about <laughs> i like to think yeah. that uh you know with the bad pr of every article mentions this is this is worse than you know more energy than iceland this is incredibly bad for the environment and yes, this is still mainly a quote-unquote lefty thing, even though there are plenty of technocrats who are even worse than right-wing fascists, you know. But um, I like to think eventually that hype will be a... It's not that they care about the spotted owl. It's that the people behind Ethereum, whoever the hell that might be, will see it as a bad PR move to keep doing this. And they will come... I, I mean, Bitcoin isn't this bad, right? There's got to be a way to fix Ethereum so it doesn't do this. Or... You don't even need it. I mean, I read one quote from a guy who, who makes NFTs and it doesn't have to use Ethereum. He's got some website. He's got some marketplace where you just pay with your credit card. Actually, I think about doing that. Maybe I'll do that just for the experience, right? Pay with my credit card. I don't need to fuck around with, um, you know, with a cryptocurrency. I could just use that and it's no worse than buying anything else. So I like to think this is a problem they will solve, even if it isn't because they care. It's because... It's bad PR because, you know, they really care about assholes like you and me complaining about it. Uh, but if they don't, Seth Godin could be right. This could be a trap and it could be bad news. Also, just on the apocalypse topic, again, I agree with Mark Cuban. It's a bubble, but this could be the way forward. So in some respects, that's the anti-apocalypse. So there you go. Well, you know, the old conception of this, which is the same as the new conception of this, and, you know, you, you very already um, eloquently described the environmental toll. I don't have to go. I don't have to relitigate that, but... Anyone who has $69 million to flip around on a chit on essentially something that they own that's part of a collection of other things. And, you know, this guy, uh, the fuck is his name? Medicoven. You know, you, you know that $69 million is just one little piece of his collection. He's got that Indiana Jones warehouse filled with Arcs of the Covenant in all these boxes somewhere. <laughs> no, that's exactly like this. It's not just one thing. It's like anybody who has a spare $70 million to flip around on something that no one's ever going to see. So he could just claim what this uh, sort of blockchain barcode, for lack of a better metaphor, is his. I mean, is is that not the very picture of the income gap between earthbound human and, and that yeah, narrow yeah. class of billionaire investor? Yeah, it's, yeah. But that's how all, I'll say it again. That's how all these things start. The idea is this is the beginning of a new thing. And then it trick. I hate to use the term trickles down. Right. No, it trickles down like urine uh, uh, put upon some, from a high height. It is sprayed upon your forehead, you know, like you're you're anointed with it. But I mean, I, I how I know it. I know it's the beginning of it, but it's like this is a terrible, terrible, terrible beginning. And the thing is, this is the same beginning. I, I would say this again about the big foil balloon animals. Like it is not a healthy sign that some guy in Dubai is buying something that's going to go in his private, you know, he's got the head of an, an elephant that was killed somewhere in Namibia, right? He's got the fucking balloon animal from Jeff Koons. He's got a David Hockney. He's collecting all these artifacts on planet Earth. And no one's ever going to see them because they're in some private warehouse in outside of Moscow using money that he grifted from Gazprom or something like that. It's like none of that is none of that is good. Not the fact that he has the money. Not the fact that Jeff Koons gets the money for his fucking foil balloon. And Jeff Koons fucking sucks. He's a ripoff artist. He his work sucks. Ripoff. He's a he's, he's a hack, he's a hack master general. Exactly. He's a ri I'm saying David none of that is great. And I'll even say Beeple is. Not bad from what I can tell. That's beautiful. But, but Jeff Con Jeff Coons can can go fuck himself. Thank are you gonna say were you gonna right. say Jeff Jeff Conaway? Because I, I would have been here for that. Jeff Conaway. <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather buy an NFT of Jeff Conaway's early work. It's good for them and it's good for me if their artwork goes up in value. So I definitely am going to take this money and use it to to reinvest in in bigger and cooler projects. Bill, is there <sighs> is there any aspect of the NFT <laughs> phenomenon? That makes you jealous. And despite what you say, I already know the answer. I think it's a natural reaction. I don't feel, I don't feel bad about this at all. I don't feel like I have to, you know, kind of retrench or, or hedge this. But I, th this is by its very nature. It's designed to awe you. I mean, come on. What, 
what 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 good are tens of thousands of pounds uh, and 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 hundreds of billions of acres of, of ill-gotten gains if, if you can't use those things to dominate life around you I mean it, it it's there are some quiet trillionaires I understand but most of the time they go and invent their own rocket service to get you to space that's usually what people most of do the time. you know or the the fucking Uline family of Wisconsin the re, what do they do with all that box money they want to rebuild American politics by injecting Christ, Christian fascism ethno fascism into it you don't have all this money because you're a good guy and you just want to sit back with a hot cocoa somewhere on a private island chances are you want to build a rocket to destroy the human race that just rains down napalm on top of small nations but i mean that the whole point of this the, the only reason anybody would gather billions of dollars or millions of dollars is to use it as a cudgel as a lever against all the people around you it is designed to make people look up at you like you are the sun god ra traveling across the sky every day of course i'm jealous i have plenty of money it's not even about that it's about that this there's a fucking you know daisy chain of all these things going on it's one element that loops into another obscure element that is is complexified and you know by this other element and it's like i i'm totally jealous because i'm mystified i'm dazzled i'm left out of it it's bigger than i could yeah. imagine it crushes us yeah. like brutal, brutalist architecture i am like i'm there with you but i'm not right there with you because i think you overstate well, at least in my opinion, you you overstate the real nature of this. <laughs> yes. um, yeah, I agree with you. I'm jealous because I wish I understood this. Uh, and it seems that it's successful people getting more successful, famous people getting more famous. I mean, if I made a fucking Pokemon card with my face on it, no one would care. I would, I would, I would, Lo- I would want that card. I thank would, yes. you. Logan Paul, who, you know, I mean, this, this gets at all my issues of, I create something and nobody cares, which is flat out not true. It's just I'm a psycho, so that's where my brain goes. Um... <laughs> Yeah, it's I. It, you're right. I, I'm I'm jealous in that. I wish I understood it. It's the world further leaving me behind. I mean, this is very emblematic of the the remit of our show in that new things we can't keep up with, and we're trying. We're trying. We're trying real hard, Ringo, to make sense <laughs> of it and to give it a chance. But it's just so hard because it's. I mean, I'm really scared, Bill. Of like. <laughs> I mean, if it's this hard when I'm 45, what about when I'm 75? I know. Look right? At, right? The 75 I don't understand we know things now, now. Got nothing on our problem. That's yeah, exactly. When I'm 75, you know, when when the when the people why can't music be like it was back in the glory days of Dua Lipa? You know, why can't like <laughs> people are going to be saying that? So what the hell am I going to be saying? What Mike uh, Lindell video are you going to be sending me when we're 75? That's my yes, question. It's Mike Mike Lindell Jr. So let me ask you know about our final segment, the Fallopian scale yeah. uh, from Jimmy Fallop Fallopia, Jimmy yeah. Fallopian. Uh, yeah. The X Y Z axis of everything on our show. Where do you rate this on on said scale? So the first topic that came to mind was um, uh, just a couple of weeks ago we did Clubhouse. And I think I said Clubhouse is all right, might be the way forward, new technology. I don't quite understand it. But this is like Clubhouse, the novelty of Clubhouse, you know, like cubed in a way. It's more cryptic. It's more strange. It also might be more indicative of the future. And as such, it also scares me more. And certainly because of the environmental impact, it might have more of a actually negative impact so because the environmental impact might have more of a negative impact well said um so i'd say it's like wherever clubhouse is it's half of clubhouse if you're measuring from like absolute zero or negative a a million to positive a million right Mm -hmm. uh it's two-thirds starting at zero moving down it's two-thirds of the way to reface to deep fakes right oh yes 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 so so I, i see the danger not as much as danger as you see. I see the danger, but not as much danger as as something like Reface or Sassy Justice, all the deepfake stuff, which I feel puts us at risk of unmooring from reality. More if so. We're not already yeah. unmoored from that. Yeah. Yeah, I I think you know I think this is like Ryan's world. This is this is. Uh, <laughs> no, wow, can, that I, is I, the whoa. Whoa! You have often said Ryan's world is the absolute lowest thing we've looked at. It is. This it's 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 the so this, this rivals Ryan's world in your mind. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I could I think I feel comfortable even just saying this based on the um, fossil uh, fossil fuel footprint thing, which is bad enough. Yes, but let's because give again, him a chance to fix it. 
You you would need ten thousand. Also, uh, what's the topic? What's the topic? I just said this doesn't have to be on Ethereum. No, but but people have decided that it is. That has become the standard. Look, until you would need all of the Greta Thunberg windmills, all of the hydroelectric power that you can muster on planet Earth. Like you would have to have all that pointed at. Um, if if you told me that you know all these renewables, solar, whatever, would be pointed at making sure that this stuff was you know all the the quanta of of this stuff being in all the plane rides they talk about, you know like X amount of pl- thousands of plane rides or two hours in the air as a unit of of fossil fuel burn along the way, if you could somehow dissolve all of that and nullify it, make it moot, you would still have an incredible problem just with the fact that this is a sign of income disparity. You know, the the, the, the rich playing this game with vast sums of money that never but touch everybody again, else. that's the beginning of everything. It is, but the thing is, other things, you know, sometimes they were brought down to earth, other times they remain obscure. Other times they remain ridiculous. They remain out of touch. There are many, many, uh, there are, are many things in the annals of, of economic systems, of cultural systems, of artistic marketplaces that never rained down to other people. They were strictly only available. No, remember that time we went out and we hunted other people inside the human compound, like the most dangerous yes. game? Normal people don't that, get yeah. to do that. Only white glove yeah, no, people only like us. us. Yes, only only us. the elite. Like Only this, the yes. elite, the elite of the elite. Right. You know, like that, that is not something yes. that's open to yes. Tom, Dick, and Harold. Right. Ugh, no. All right. No, I, are... I think that gets us to the end of yet another one. We, we, yes. We, we managed yes. to take what was clear and make it completely indecipherable to the uh, average See, viewer. I don't think so. I'm I kidding. think anyone I'm who kidding. can get through our whining and complaining and our annoying voices might have learned something today. Yeah, I agree with the you. The more you know... Yeah. They might have. So if, if you'd like might to have. find... Yeah, Emphasis on might. Might have. If you'd like to find more like this, exactly like this, uh, past episodes are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher. Tweet at us, Noah and Bill Show. This is on Twitter. The tweeting on Twitter. Write to us, Noah and Bill don't get it at gmail.com. Gives a review on Apple Podcasts. People find podcasts by putting reviews in it. It increases their profile. Uh, think of it like an investment. We'll give you a barcode for each individual episode. You can buy. But your uh, but 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 your review is part of a blockchain. So. That's true. Yes. And then we're gonna sell your review yes. to what's his name? Malkovian Makalova. Yeah. Makalova. Yeah. Macklemore. Metacovid. Metacovid. Metachlorian. Metachlorian. Yes. Midichlorian, that's right. It's Midichlorian, yes. So I, I'm on uh, Twitter, at William Scurry. My, my video content, which is completely free for the moment, is on uh, YouTube at youtube.com amcaesar. Now Noah goes with a bunch of biographical information. Ah, uh, yeah, all about the big quiz thing. Bigquizthing.com, America's finest virtual private and corporate trivia events, hopefully in person again soon. And, uh, yeah, this is, uh, when this episode drops, we are less than a week away. We're doing a rare public event on March 21st, uh, in honor of Women's History Month, we're doing a fundraiser for Planned Parenthood of Greater New York. Uh, go to BigQuizThing.com or our Facebook page and uh, buy tickets today. Support Planned Parenthood. Uh, all about women in history and entertainment, sports, you name it. Uh, not hosted by me. Hosted by the fantabulous quizmaster Jen Connor. Someone asked me if I'd be hosting. I'm like, I don't think that would be a good look for a Women's <laughs> no, History I don't, Month. I don't think so. Uh, I will be marking the scores, though, so be warned. Uh, and then November 17th, we are once again, another public event, we are once again teaming up with New York Historical Society, we're doing a uh, public movie quiz. So I believe tickets for that just went on sale, uh, newyorkhistory.org. But uh, yeah, check us out at bigquizzing.com, hire us for your own corporate, private, online, virtual, and fun trivia event. So until next week's fiasco... We We don't don't get get it. it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2021.